Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Pond, episode 53 to be exact. And uh, as you guys can tell, um, the setup that we're doing for this week is a little different than what we've been doing for the last three weeks. It's kind of sad because the tour has come to an end, Um, but we will be back eventually, maybe next summer. I don't know if we'll be able to get anything going by uh, the end of the summer, but whatever. Hopefully sooner than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot better to record in person um, than across. You can kind of read cues and everything a lot better. So yeah, we're gonna yeah. try aim for the more in person. So yeah, hundred percent. Hopefully I mean, the stars align. We'll be able to get a lot more in person over the the course of this next year. But uh, we'll have to see on that yeah. one. But in the meantime, we're making it work. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're we're crushing out these episodes. The quality of the podcast will never change. It'll only get better from here. Okay? And that's a I hesitated to say, but yeah. But my and going on that note, Miller yeah. Hall. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, boys, exactly. I guess we can jump off with that because that's a quick one. Um, Taylor Hall signed yeah. a four-year sure. deal, um, six million a year, I believe. Six, six and a half million a year in boston so that hits exactly the over under we set we set it at four years so there was a possibility for a tie um so nobody will be shotgunning the coffee crisp milkshake um but (laughs) yeah too bad but we do still have to set an over under for uh points or maybe we'll do points per game um for him next season but we'll probably wait till we're closer to the beginning of the season for that so we can kind of see what the the bruins lineup looks like um, so I can make you guys shotgun a coffee crisp milkshake because I have a lot of beef belief in the dude. Um, no, but you do have some beef with him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will if he chokes, dude. You better pop off. <laughs> but hey, uh, you never know. That's the thing. That's the best part about Taylor Hall is you never you, know what you're gonna get. You really don't know what you're gonna get. It's true. Um, yeah. But dudes, before we get into the, I mean. Since we last talked, there's been an expansion draft. There's been a bunch of signings, a bunch of trades, and then there's also been the yeah. entry draft. So we have a shit ton of stuff to get through this week. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do it in a reasonable amount of time, but with this one might go a little bit long. We'll have to see. Um, but first off the bat, some important news, and I think this was this is really fun to see. Well, it, it's good to see at least is Luke Prokop, uh, prospect for the um, Nashville Predators has come out as gay. Um, I think I think he was drafted last year um, and is expected to at least compete for an NHL spot this year, this coming year. Um, and so he becomes the first openly gay active uh, player on an NHL, not NHL roster, but in an NHL organization, I believe. Um, and first of all, that's a, that's a big deal in and of itself. But also he got... 
like the amount of support he got from around the league was really, really good to see um, because we have seen that in other sports where people don't really get the the support. Like in the NFL, we've seen seen people not really get the support that you would hope they would from from their peers around the league. So really good to see that the the guy coming out has uh, has had support from not only his teammates in the organization, but people around the league uh, sending him messages over Twitter. And I'm sure people reached out personally as well. So awesome to see. And hopefully, hopefully it uh, fosters a more inclusive environment, um, especially with the, the diversity alliance as well. I mean, it seems like they're taking some steps in the right direction, although we will, uh, we'll, I think, have to circle back to that when we get into the entry draft later. Um, but definitely something we felt like we should mention because it's a huge deal, to be honest. Takes a lot of a lot of guts to do that, man. Being in that scenario, I can only imagine, you know, saying something like that in being a professional athlete too, where it can have, you know, I mean, you it, it, you always say that it's the right thing to just speak your mind and obviously communicate that stuff, but they also have to feel comfortable doing it too, and yeah. not knowing the reactions of people around them that they're going to be playing with every day and and everything and seeing the support has been good. Um, and man, maybe he'll rip it up now that he's, you know, yeah. Clean. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Holding, holding nothing back. It's good for, uh, just building the game, getting more people, you 100%, know, percented, uh, especially because I mean, especially recently there's been a lot of like, you know, stuff that's come out about the league being less inclusive than everybody or that it portrays itself to be. So it's good to, good to see that at least, you know, if there's two steps being taken back somewhere else, this is definitely a, you know, a, a good step forward. So yeah, for sure, step in the right direction yeah. for the league for yeah. sure. So and uh, sick. I mean, boys, talking about steps in the right direction, a team that has not taken a step in the right direction, and actually their first step is uh, the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dudes. Yeah, we talked last like week. We were like, man, this team looks like they could end up with a really good looking roster. Um, looking at some of the deals that they could potentially make, uh, some of the people left unprotected. And I don't know if Ron Francis is like, I, I, I honestly don't even know what to say. Like their team looks like dog shit. Um, and I think you guys probably agree with me on that one. Like some of the, some of the pe- people they decided not to pick, it seems nonsensical. Like they didn't even get anything for not picking some players that you would expect to be, top players on a, on an expansion team. So what are your guys' thoughts on that, man? Because I'm, I'm like, very, very disappointed in how the Seattle Kraken handled this draft. From what I've taken from this this draft is that the teams, and I obviously saw this, this isn't what I had thought of right away because it is a very good point with the people that are in the league communicating with people like GMs, general managers, uh, GMs, like I just said that first <laughs> <laughs> players and everything, and just seeing what they talk about and the trades that Vegas had set up before the draft even started, because yeah. these GMs didn't want to have the team actually select the player that they wanted. So this time they kind of went around and just didn't make any trade, just allowed them to take one player because. Obviously, looking at Vegas taking Riley Smith and John, Jonathan Marchessault from from uh, 
Florida for someone else to take another player that they have that was taking three good assets and it kind of stuffed them like um, just with how they could develop and everything. So I think GMs were just not looking to make the same mistakes that they had the last time and they've kind of learned off their, their lessons. So, yeah. Although, I mean, also we've heard, at least we did, we were hearing that, um, that Seattle was driving really hard bargain in terms of what they wanted to, uh, to pick people or to not pick people. Um, and it definitely seems like it backfired because like they ended up with practically nothing. I mean, I'm trying to pull it up right now, but you compare what they got on draft day, uh, in terms of like side deals and stuff like that with what Vegas got. And it's just like, it's it's, it's, yeah, you can't even compare the two. Um, yeah. So I mean, uh, some of these guys that they they mentioned. Sorry to cut you off, Mike. No, go for the, it. Some of the some of the guys that were like mentioned, I was like, who? I. Yeah. And that's no offense. These are probably just a lot of guys that have only just gotten into the league or or like are very very young that they haven't made a splash yet. So I don't yeah. know. And the fact, hey, um, actually, you know what? We'll talk about it later. I was going to mention something, but I don't. I remember saying that. the same thing about. Vegas's draft though going yeah this team's not going to be good they yeah lucky to even win a game that's fair and they did really really well I remember everyone kind of being like Vegas was winning the first couple games of the season and everyone's like is this for real is this for real and then they go to the, the cup final that year yeah so I was just curious does this hurt Seattle because they kind of did draft one of those teams that doesn't really look good on paper and might not actually translate to being good on the ice you know, yeah. Uh, just looking at their lines and everything, Yanni Gord centering the first line with Donskoy with, and yeah, like I don't know, man. Like you look at their lines throughout, and I just don't know if they're going to be able to compete on a nightly basis. They might show up a couple games, but I don't know if they're going to be able to to really get 30, 40 wins. Yeah, to make it to the playoffs. So well, yeah. and, and and like, a, sorry, a quick point. You look at the third line, Morgan Geeky is on their like starting third line lineup where yeah. in Carolina he was on the taxi squad for pretty much the whole season. Like Yeah. And it's like he's Dude, making your third line. That's you know? a great point. Because that's basically what I was gonna say. Like I yeah. don't like maybe maybe the team will be better than we think it's gonna be. But you look at some of the picks they made and some of the people they didn't take. Um and Carolina's a great example, right? And we're going to have to dive into Carolina because they've been making some very weird moves. Yeah. But picking yeah. Morgan Geeky, who I don't think he's a bad player by any means. But as you said, didn't get a lot of game time with Carolina this year. Um, definitely are other players for Carolina that you would think are more desirable. Nino Niederreiter being one of them. Uh, Jake Bean being another. Both left unprotected. Um, and even if you want oh, a center, God. like Steve was very very good this year um and you know he he played basically in morgan geeky's position in the nhl for most of the season so it's like hard to hard to understand some of those choices um and yeah i mean the only thing you can really think is they've kept a shit ton of cap space just to uh to take run it runs at free agents um and like we were talking before the expansion draft about eichel coming in 
But like, I don't even think they have capital to make a trade for Jack Eichel unless they want to give up their first round picks for like the next four years. Yeah. That's actually funny. I was just thinking about this when you were talking. Ron Francis, the GM for Seattle, was the former GM of Carolina. So uh, I think he might have drafted Steve. Okay. Um, I'm not sure, but he might have also drafted Morgan Geeky. So maybe you see something yeah. with Geeky that he, he likes and in, in, uh, huh. having that experience. And now he can kind of get the, the actual opportunity to succeed in a, a role that's consistent minutes on a nightly basis so Mm -hmm. that's that's very yeah yeah i mean but like you go down the list man like some of the people they didn't take it's like okay they didn't take that person because they've made a side deal um is it kakinen from minnesota um you would expect if you're not going to pick him there's got to be some sort of side deal there um max domi was someone i don't hate it if you don't take him but that's someone that you would think Even they'd look at. A, like a third, fourth liner, he'd be yeah. good. If that was what you wanted him yeah. to do. You, know? you look at Philly, I don't even know who the fuck they took from Philly. Didn't recognize the name at all. Which isn't to say he's a terrible player, but Jacob Voracek yeah. was left on the board. Uh, so was James Van yeah. Riemsdyk. Vlad Tarasenko in St. Louis. Another one that I don't hate if you don't take him, but you'd think, like, you go into this as a neutral fan. You like you want to see them take some swings. And it feels like they yeah, didn't yeah. they didn't take any swings. Um, and maybe it's kind of what we were we were uh, kind of speculating about is that maybe they're not looking to win right away. They're gonna try to build a good prospect pool and draft well. But even then, they didn't really build themselves many prospects or or many extra draft pieces in the next coming years, right? Like they kept all their picks, but they didn't really add anything either. So I don't know, man. It's a weird one. We're going to have to just wait and see, obviously, with, with uh, you know, all, all the stuff that's been going on. Because I feel like, you know, if we jump the gun too early right now, there could be so many other things that are in the works mm-hmm. as we're, you know, talking about this stuff. So I feel like everything happens for a reason when it comes to this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I there, feel are, like these- there are UFAs that they could still sign, right? Like Dougie Hamilton's unsigned. Yeah. Friggin' technically Alex Ovechkin is unsigned. Um, yeah. And not not that I expect him to move, but there's plenty of players that they can add in free agency that could make this team look a lot better than it currently looks. It just feels like they already could be better than they are had they drafted differently. But, I mean, as you, as you guys said, like everyone said this about Vegas too, and look how they turned out. So maybe we're wrong here, but... I can't help but feel that Seattle kind of um, misplayed this entire expansion draft a little bit. And, and I mean, we'll find out very quickly because they're yeah. uh, with them kind of, it's also a year that they're going to be playing all the teams in the league, right? So you're going to yeah. be able to get a feeling very quickly if they're going to be able to sink or swim, get it cracking ah. uh, against the big teams. You know what I mean? So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Right. But, um, that top line is, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's good, <laughs> but it's third line. Good. Yeah. Or a second line. Good. Like it's I'll give them, I'll give line. them, I'll give them benefit of the doubt. It's second line. Good. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. to me, they, they took a lot of guys that are like the shutdown guys on the team mm-hmm. that yeah. they were taken from. They're kind of the guys that was sent out there on the penalty kill or sent out on the last minute of play that, you know, 
they don't really put up points, but they kill they kill penalties and they they don't let the top guys score. So maybe yeah. it'll work, but yeah, we'll yeah. I mean, I will give it to them. They've got decent top end defensemen. Uh, taking Mark Giordano, that's going to help with your defense yeah. core no matter what. Although I don't know how long he's still going to be in the league. Um, well, and people, then people were saying that he's trade bait. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they could still flip him, right? Uh, I don't know yeah. if I see that, but um, and then a goaltender, right? Um, Vanacek, Dreger, they got Decord from from Ottawa. Like they do have good goalie picks here. Um, so you know, yeah. build build from the back for forward, right? Uh, but I am concerned. Yeah. Like I don't really see where where they're gonna get their scoring from. Um, but I mean, we'll have to see. We will have to see. They got a tough div- tough division. Um, so. I mean, it's gonna, as you said, it's gonna be sink or swim pretty quickly. Yeah. We we should uh, before the season starts, we should do like a like just a throw a number out there of what position you think they're gonna like the exact number of what you think they're gonna finish like this standing? season. Like overall standings, like one to thirty-two. I'm who's thinking. Gonna, uh, well, no, we'll do it before the like right before the <laughs> season starts. Right <laughs> or, just or, so that yeah, or point total. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. True. We could do both. Fuck yeah. it, both. Yeah. Hey, coffee crisp on the line once again. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there will be no, a coffee now, crisp shotgun at some point. It's not oh, getting yeah. out of here, boys. No, it's now happening. it's one of these fucking jalapenos that I've grown because I had a little like sliver of one on the weekend and it blew my fucking head off. Oh yeah, it was yeah. so hard. <laughs> Started crying and like there you go. Just dude. ruined my sandwich that I was eating, but. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a we'll put yeah, one of those in the coffee out. crisp. <laughs> Deadly. Yeah. Um but yeah, boys I would die. Yeah, we should we should move on. I mean, I don't know if there's much more to yeah. say about Seattle. Um but there were during the expansion draft, um, between the expansion draft and the entry draft, and since then, there have been some massive trades, massive signings. Um and we gotta get into a lot of these. Uh, we already mentioned the Taylor Hall one. Uh, that's going to be a big one for this podcast because, as you know, we have a, bit a lot of, of implications. Yeah, we have a bit of a debate going on on how good Taylor Hall really is. Um, but I guess let's go. Ooh, I, I forget what happened first. Okay, no, let's talk Philadelphia because last week. We were talking about Philadelphia. They had just made a move, brought in Ryan Ellis, shipping out Nolan Patrick and Philippe Myers. Um, since then, they have made... Okay, first of all, one of probably the most insulting trades of all time. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chuck Fletcher's like, stupid. Okay, so they said Shade Ghost is beer to uh, Arizona and a second round pick and a seventh round pick in 2022 um, for free just to get rid of Shane Ghost's beer, which (laughs) I don't know. Has that ever been been done? I mean, there's, it's like for future considerations. I'm sure there's been trades like that, but like, dude, but like the way, like what, what is, what is Philly trying to say? Are they rebuilding by dumping him or are they trying to go for, or sorry, are they trying to go for it by dumping him and get someone with that cap? Because they did sign a pretty high. I think so. Or are they rebuilding? Like Chuck Fletcher's 
he didn't know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, he's, he's out to lunch. He's out yeah. to lunch. He, me- he messed up Minnesota's team. I just want to say this real quick because he's a big idiot. Um, <laughs> big idiot. Let's Chuck go. Fletcher sucks. Okay. Big assers. He just absolutely ruined Minnesota Wild, and he got fired. And I feel like that's the only future that's coming for him. Yeah. He's going to get dumped on. Oh, that's you know the- okay. Who's Who's Vancouver's GM? Same thing. Oh, Jim, Jim Benning. Benning. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Jim Benning. I don't even fucking know it. Dude, I thought I had hope for Jim Benning after the move they made, but then I looked yeah. at it like more closely. It was like, oh fuck. But uh, but no. So I think this is basically they're saying they think Shane Ghost to be Ghost of Beer sucks, and so yeah. they're like, we don't want to be paying him that type of money because he does have pretty fat contract. Um, I'm trying to like try what to pull six up. and a half. Oh, really? I think it might yeah. be more than that. Because um, Ghost came in the one year, and they're like, this guy is like Eric Carlson. Like, he's got things, and he started putting up numbers and everything. Had good years, and it was decent. And now he just, like, he just fell off. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I oh, figured. Falling apart. It's an annual salary of four and a half. That's not even bad. Oh. oh yeah. Okay. So, That's so really bad, insulting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure what they're trying to do is just get rid of that cap so that they yeah. can put it into well what they already have in the last. Yeah, well, you know. but here's the thing: this is a team that doesn't really have anybody they need to sign, right? So it's like that cap space, in theory, is going straight towards signing free agents. Um, maybe a Dougie Hamilton, I guess. Uh, I don't really know, uh, but it's a weird one, dude, because you're giving up a second and a seventh. Like that's a decent return just to get rid of a guy. Um, and yeah. I don't really think Shane Ghost's beer is that bad. Like this guy can quarterback no. power plays well. Definitely had a down season the last couple of years, but I think he can still contribute. So very weird. I yeah, I don't think he's worth that worthless for being on one team his whole career. Yeah. If he was on a, a couple other teams and he still had that deal, I could absolutely see that happen. But for him being on the same team, like honest to God, I think he's just going to go and replace oel's uh yeah. role on yeah. arizona they're going to be a rebuilding team he's going to get top minutes he can make mistakes i bet yeah. you he'll put up decent numbers and yeah. uh arizona's looking they've loaded up on picks for how how many they lost from yeah, uh, all that corruption dude i was so. thinking like we'll get in because they're in another trade too but if they still had their first and second round picks they would have so many draft picks they still have a lot as yeah. it is, and they're missing all of their own. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's one that that's weird. Um, they've also Philly in another deal going one for one, uh, Jake Voracek for Cam Atkinson. Um, I another don't terrible <laughs> like, dude. I don't really. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, are you maybe I okay. I think Cam Atkinson fits like what they're looking for in a player. He's big, he's pretty fast, can put the puck in the net. And Voracek, maybe you see, is like on the decline a little bit. But I can't help but feel that you're not. I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're that close. At the beginning of this year, I thought they were pretty close to a winning team. But looking at it now, I'm not so sure. Um, and I, yeah, I'm not sure. Weird, weird trade from both sides because like. I don't really know what Columbus is getting out of that either. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I actually, you know, from having fantasy 
um, having him on my fantasy hockey team like multiple years in a row, I've noticed that like Cam Atkinson does put the work in. You mm-hmm. know, like he's Definitely. he is exactly what you said, a big dude that puts the puck in the net. And like, I'm pretty sure he's small though. Is he? Well, he plays a physical game. Yeah, he plays a big game. He plays a big game. I which can is, understand that. Which is which is valuable in in on any team, right? And then he can score, which Philly was having very long periods of like scoring a bunch and then not scoring any at all. And it was like, all right, where are we getting these inconsistencies? And then they've made all these changes to the D, like uh, to their defense core to try to get some going. Because I think a big problem with them was the fact that they were leaving um, Carter Hart. What the fuck? How did Gotta I forget? Have. How did I forget him? <laughs> they were leaving him out to drive pretty much every game, right? So replace the defenseman, toss another forward. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Philly make more moves before the start of the season in order to try and change their top six to try to get something going. Well, I wouldn't dude, be surprised. Here's the weirdest part about the whole thing is that they've also brought in Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, so they've oh, effectively yeah, true, true. traded yeah. Shane Ghostesbeer, Robert Hag, a first round pick, two second round picks, and a seventh round pick oh. for Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, and oh, <laughs> dude, okay, here's the thing: I think Rasmus Ristolainen sucks. Like, I don't think obviously he doesn't suck. I don't think he's very good, and he's getting paid more than Ghostesbeer is getting paid. And I don't think he's as good of a player. So it's like you got a bigger guy. Well, he's yeah. not worth that. What's that? Like what you just said, all that stuff. Yeah, he's, no. he's not worth <laughs> that's for sure. Hell no, dude. <laughs> you could get like a legit like, like, first liner for that. Holy shit. Um, yeah, yeah. So Philly just throwing their team out the window right now. Uh, hard to hard to figure out what the thought process is there. Um, the only, one, the only one that I like is that Cam Atkinson one because I like Cam Atkinson. Yeah, yeah. He was like – him, Nick Foligno, and a couple other players were like the heart and soul of Columbus. For a long time. And now you can obviously – it's actually a pretty good segue into the yeah. other one that we're going <laughs> to talk about. But with everything that's happening in Columbus, there's a lot of players that they get drafted there, but they just don't want to stick around there. And – being a Senators fan, that's something that I'm familiar with too, and it sucks as a fan base to see all these players. But yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a culture, though. Like I feel like it's yeah. a culture. Well, yeah. it, it's just sometimes the, the direction and yeah. actually utilizing chances. Yeah. Columbus gave away two first rounders and like a lot of picks for Matt Duchesne yeah. and Ryan Dezingle when they went on that decent run and beat Tampa Bay. They swept them, and. And then they had this kind of the same thing happen with all their other players. They just kind of shipped them away. And yeah. I lost Panera and Bobowski for so. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, I feel like I liked those moves by Columbus at the time. Big balls on Kekalainen to just be like, yep, we're going to let Panera and we're going to let Bobrovsky go for free. We're going to try and win now. Once they leave for free, you have like Felino is aging. And you have this core of really talented guys, Cam Atkinson, uh, Seth Jones, where it's like, you're probably not going to win anytime soon, having just lost your two best players for free. So it, I think, was just eventually going to have to happen that they move those guys out and move them for picks and prospects. And I'd say they got a decent return 
for uh yeah. for Jones. I mean, Adam Bockfist, twelfth overall this year, uh twenty twenty two first and a twenty twenty one second round pick. Uh for Seth Jones, thirty second overall and a sixth round in uh twenty twenty two. So a bunch of picks there, two firsts and a second, uh for a late, late first and or no, the first round first pick of the second round. Um and a sixth, and Adam Bockfist is a legit good defenseman. Uh, hasn't quite put together in the NHL yet, but this guy's nasty. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, I, I like it's it's crazy because we saw that uh, Seth Jones got traded, and then like the same notification I saw, or the one down was like, oh yeah, and he just signed a massive deal. Yeah, and I was like holy shit that just happened so fast and it, it i mean it's not like i wasn't expecting that with a defender like seth jones but i mean it just completely flipped my mind because now that solidifies the fact that chicago is going on a run and they're or they're they're gonna try to squeeze out every little bit of of like juice out of taves and patrick kane's uh careers left to see because those guys are like if you want to if you want a team to go on a cup run one of those two if not both are going to lead you there yeah. you know so seth jones being on the blue line is is big is really big for them so nine and a half though what like nine and a half times eight <laughs> that's, years a too. that's a shit ton of money i that's think that makes him the third highest paid defenseman in the league behind eric carlson and drew doughty um yeah yeah and then wow. just ahead of Yossi Subban Makar. Uh, but yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, he's just entering his prime. He's shown what he can do. He can play 30 minutes a night. Um, and I kind of love this. Yeah. I love this from Chicago for a number of reasons. First of all, Stan Bowman, their GM, came out last year, beginning of the season, and said, we're rebuilding. And Taves and yeah. Kane were like, wait, what? We're not down to do that. We, we want to win. Um, and then I think Chicago showed us at least the first half of the regular season this past year, they still have it. Like they, they can be good. Um, so Seth Jones gives you a chance to win with those guys, but I think they also have a decent young core. You're looking Kirby doc. Um, what's the guy's name? starts with a K. Um, all, uh, his other Colton doc, his brother. (laughs) 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 <laughs> that just got drafted. Look, let's look up their uh, lines quick. Yeah, the, the guy's on their line. Yeah, he he was actually money. Like he was ripping the puck oh, on a daily uh, Kubelik. basis. Kubalik. Oh, yeah, and then they have another yeah. guy that was decent, and then obviously Debrinkat's and guys there. actually. Yeah, so they I have mean, two good good guys. Yeah, so I like it in that sense as well that they have a good young core that can make them good past Taves and Kane. I think. Uh, and Seth yeah. Jones is the type of defenseman you probably want to build a team around. So I, I really like this move from yeah. Chicago. It's not what I expected, but looking at it, I kind of love it. Yeah. I mean, Seth Jones, you lose Duncan Keith, one of the like bigger defensemen's like, and locker room presence in the locker room, um, or in the change room, whatever. Um, but Seth Jones, younger version of Duncan Keith, where he could still win some Norrises, yeah, Norris 100%. trophies in the future, kind of be that that replacement in that position. And 
maybe Kirby Doc has a Dac. <laughs> Kirby Dac. <laughs> Kirby Dac has a bounce back year. Yeah. Because uh, he's been in speculation of trades and everything recently, especially with Seth Jones, that he could be traded or his Bach fist. Um, so he's a yeah. special dude. I don't, I don't, I don't think like, but I don't know. They, they got a good young, uh, like, group of guys and yeah. and to be fair like looking at this lineup it honestly looks pretty filled out like you also got to take into consideration like to is a beast 40 goals easy. pew Suter, yep yeah pew Suter is like looking like he was scoring 15 20 if it was a full season if yeah. not more philip kurashev as well kurashev yep. looked nasty and then on top of that dude yep jonathan taves is back you got to remember jonathan taves didn't play a single game this season um and that's yeah. your captain. So, on like, I man, I I really like that, and I feel like defensively, especially as you said, losing uh, Duncan Keith, Seth Jones fits in there so nicely. Um, so mm. I'm excited to see what they can do now. Cause, damn, dude. Yeah, we're looking at right now. We're looking at not only the age, but also just the height of these players and like dude i'm pretty <laughs> sure thoughts. the average height of this team is like six three six four <laughs> kirby doc's brother is 18 and he's six four that's <laughs> and and that's including that average is including to who's like five two so not actually yeah. five two oh, but yeah. he's short as shit um he's pretty close yeah he's yeah. five seven yeah so there you so, go yeah. um but i guess another defenseman yeah. boys Another another big signing, and Kale McCarr, six years, nine million a year AAV. This is a big signing. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot to pay for a young guy. But as we saw, Heiskanen coming in at eight point four five, you had to assume McCarr was going to get a little bit more than that. Uh, so they they go a little bit lower on the term, only six years, nine million a year. Maybe I I, I don't I don't think you could say it's an overpay. Um, and like, if this guy's career trajectory is anything like it seems, you're gonna be a, that's gonna be a bargain in a couple of years. Um, but Colton, you're the Colorado fan. Any any thoughts on this one? Yeah. So um, a lot of, I mean, when I first said it out loud, I said it to Kurt, and Kurt was like, "Oh," and I was like, "Yeah, that's a big number. I know it's yeah. a big number because I've I've been so like critical of Dubas and when he was in Toronto." or while he's been in Toronto, sorry, um, saying, you know, all right, we got four guys with, uh, like, in almost double-digit contracts. Like, you know, this is, how is this going to work in the long run? That was pretty much what I was saying. So, um, and then I know Joe wouldn't sway that far. Like, like he's not going to, he's not going to go into double digits for all three guys, right? Like, all three on the top plus Makar. Um, yeah. Well, it's almost so that being to said, defenseman double digits. Well, exactly, right? So, um, and and to be fair, like, if Makar had said 9.5 to match Seth Jones or even taken 10, like, if you're Joe Sackick, you kind of have to, yeah, you have to, even if it's a 1.5, like, million dollar difference. This yeah. this guy's, a, 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 you know, a millennial type player where he you're not going to see somebody like him for a long time, right? So, yeah. I like the number. Uh, a lot of people are like, and, and Mike, you even said this too, the, the term uh, mm-hmm. being six years. Um, 
I'm not really too worried. And I know there was a couple quotes that were a little bit alarming, like or or the ways that he well, said I it. Said to you because there's only one year that he's not yeah. right. It only UFA. buys it only buys one year of UFA yeah. protection. Which to me is I I don't think that there's like doubt in my mind that Makar wouldn't resign. I think he would probably, depending on how Colorado does in the next six years. But to me, still. Like if I were a general manager, I'd be concerned looking at just the one year. But like you said, I think Joe Sackick isn't ready to kind of like commit long term to his team because that gives you the flexibility to build better teams, knowing that your deals don't last that extra two, three years. Right. Yeah. So. Like, and he's he's seen a couple other teams. Like, for example, a team like Chicago, where. Back in the day when they were uh, when they won what it was three cups in five years or something like that. Yeah, they locked. Uh, it was Duncan Keith. It was Seabrook. It was Kane, Taves, Crawford to long term deals. Yeah, and it ended up being like that. It worked. It worked. Yeah. They won three cups in five years, which is that hardly ever happens. We've only ever seen like Pittsburgh be as dominant in the last twenty ish yeah. years, right? Yeah. So that being said, it, it was like. You overextend and then like with the term and, you know, might have to uh, towards the end have to move them out or buy them out. Right. Um, so my last thing that I'm going to say on the UFA part in terms of the term, he said, like, these are quotes from him. He said, um, this is a team that has the potential to win and win. Now you don't want to get in the way of any of that. I just tried to take something that would work for both sides, which is fair. Because yeah. he knows he deserves a lot of money, right? And I think he also was saying that because he knows McKinnon would probably be in his ear being like, buddy, <laughs> you know, look what we're doing here, yeah. all right? Like, um, And then he said about the Landis Cog, he commented, uh, he said, we want all of us back, especially Landy and especially, or and obviously Grubauer. They're such key pieces to our team. We know as a group, our time will come. So he... That to me doesn't really say like, "Hey, I'm going to leave this team anytime." He's no. trying to do some marketing for his team. Yeah, to Landy Rivera too. Hey guys, yeah. let's keep this going. Well, and and his deal getting done takes away from the attention of that Landeskog uh, deal has gotten. Well, now you know what you can work with. So. Exactly, and that's exactly what Joe said in an interview too. He said, and "Now we we narrow down our number even yeah. more." So. And here's the thing: I I really like the term actually. Um, and it's an interesting contrast. I think in a lot of ways, it's very similar to the Matthews deal in Toronto, where he takes less less in terms of term, yeah. um, obviously gets paid. And in Toronto, it's like, oh shit, he's going to leave. And then we're fucked. Should have locked him in longer. Um, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But in Colorado, I like the lower term because, I mean, first of all, they have a history like with McKinnon. Um, they, they do talk about, you know, maybe taking a little bit less, um, to, to build a good team. Kale McCarr, obviously coming off an, uh, entry level contract still wants to make sure he gets paid, right? It's one thing to, to take a discount after you've made your money. It's another thing to do it on your first big contract. So I'm looking at this. He's making, he's taking home $54 million, six years at 9 million a year. 54 million that's more people more money than most people earn in a career right so then you're looking (laughs) dude so you can look at it two ways six years from now he's gonna be what 27 28 um walking in 
probably middle of his prime. If he hits free agency, who knows, with the cap going up a little bit a couple years from now, who knows what he can get on the open market. But also, you can look at it the other way and say, hey, I we're six years in, maybe we won a cup, maybe we haven't. Um, I've made my $54 million, maybe I'll take a little bit less now. Um, and it gives you that freedom, as as you guys said, where it's like he's not locked in for eight years. So you can go back to him six years or five years with a year left and say, hey, what would you think about taking seven? We'll give you a longer deal. So maybe maybe his next deal is seven a year for eight years, locks him in till his mid-30s, gives him the same dollar value in terms of total contract, another 56. Um, but in AAV, it gives you a little bit more cap flexibility. So in that, in that respect, I really like the deal. Um, and I mean, $9 million, I don't really think you could expect to pay him any less than that on the current deal. Given what Heiskanen got, uh, you have to pay him more. You, you just do. Um, and I mean, the one, the one concern I have now, and it's not for Colorado, is how much is Quinn Hughes going to get paid? Because Jim Benning, uh, as we've maybe, maybe mentioned a couple times, doesn't exactly fill you with confidence. Um, and yeah. I think there's an argument to be made to pay Quinn Hughes more than, than Makar. So that's going to be a scary one. Um, yeah. Well, the Markara one to me makes me think that it's kind of like a Talanis club because he's kind of looking for that range too of nine million. Maybe he thinks, "Am I actually really worth nine million?" And maybe yeah. he takes seven million or something with Colorado. Looking at their cap and everything, they got twenty million right now in cap space, but they still got to think about Lan- or uh, McKinnon coming off soon. Of uh, he has two more six, years, six point three mil, yeah, and then Burkovs, he's getting paid a lot coming off in in one more year, right? Or I guess right now, right? Yeah, yeah, right now. So five million is Burkovsky worth five million? Maybe yeah, on a different team, four million. But what is yeah, he yeah. playing? Second, third line? Like yeah, playing second line. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, I mean, gives them a little a bit of flexibility. They have room yeah. to work with that, they, for sure. I think uh, now they can focus on Grubauer, they can focus on Landis Cog, get those deals done, and then after that, everybody else will just fall into place. You know? yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Grubauer is the big one, right? You need to have a number one goalie, and he's shown that he is. Uh, and that those are not easy to come by. So uh, yeah. lock him up, see what you got left. And, I mean, you know, Landy might hit the open market and not get the offers he thinks he's going to. Um and then come back to Colorado, say, hey, you know, so, but that's, that's hard to say. Um, a lot of, a lot of guessing work going on there. Um, but everything happens behind closed doors. So we only yeah. get like this much information. That's exactly. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. but two more deals before we talk about Carolina, because that Carolina, God damn it. Um, but quickly, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> Butch uh, going to the St. Louis Blues for Sammy Blaze in a second-round pick next year. Um, I love Buchnevich. Uh Had him on my fantasy teams this year. Popped off for me. Uh, very fun player to watch. Has size, has skill. Um, I This one took me by surprise. In terms of what they got for trading him, it's very, very lopsided for St. Louis. 
but you do have to consider cap space and the Rangers being a team that has been considered in the front running for uh, the Jack Eichel sweepstakes, you think maybe they're dumping some cap here, created, giving themselves a little bit of flexibility uh, to make that run for Eichel, which I think we can all agree would, would put them in right into the conversation as a cup contender if they're not already. So um, from that point of view, it does make a little bit of sense. On the other hand, I think this is very, very high risk because, I mean, if you don't get Jack Eichel, you just lost a player, and I don't really think Sammy Blaze replaces that, you know? So, um, weird one. This one took me really by surprise, but I don't know how you guys feel. I also don't know Sammy Blaze as a player that well, so. Immediately when I heard this deal, I thought, yes, this is exactly what Chris Jury wants to do being the GM of the New York Rangers. He wants to set the tone, immediately say, we're not fucking around this year. We're going to use our players to act like the absolute maximum. Buchnevich was a loved guy in the locker room. Like everyone, like he was one of the better guys to get along with. Yeah. So to me, having one of those guys that's a locker room guy kind of hurts them. Going, Kind of sending a message saying, hey, we can have fun playing all we want and, you know, we can all be best friends off the ice, but we still got to win and compete. We can't settle for this half-ass shit and never make it to the playoffs consistently because they are one of those teams that mm-hmm. they've been around for so long that they're like Chicago, they're like Montreal. They got to be in there pretty consistently aside from these other teams that rebuild for most of the time and then have, have a little bit of success. For, so, yeah, um, setting the tone for the, the Rangers this year. And because I was on the, the train last year for the Rangers and they fell flat on their face, I'm going to go back on the train this year. Let's oh, go yeah. back. They're going to be a good team. I'm hopping on right with you there, bud. I absolutely love the Rangers lineup. Um, and, dude, I like especially we've talked a lot about Gallant. Um, I think they're going to be a wagon, dude. I think he's going to whip those boys into shape. Oh, yeah. I actually, <clears throat> I have a uh, a little bit of a theory um, when it comes to the Rangers. I personally think that Bushnevich goes, yeah, okay, you know. I don't necessarily like that move either, but I thought about it and I was like, okay, but you got to think about it. They have so many young guys that are looking to fill roles as soon as possible, and like I think the Rangers kind of got caught a little bit because they thought that Kako and Lafreniere we're going to be able to fit in and make an impact right off the bat which it wasn't that case so I think that um, if a deal gets done with Eichel I don't think it's going to be a long-term deal I think it's going to be a short maybe a one to two year prove it type deal and then to see if it works Eichel's still on an eight-year deal he's still got like five years left so they just have to trade for him well yeah right and it's like it's like if making a trade like that to the Rangers, it makes sense, especially since, you know, they've been looking for a number one center, even though they don't think that Zibanejad is able to fill that role. Um, I mean, they just lost, um, they they just lost like a guy that would seriously help in terms of scoring, right? So um, maybe Lafreniere or Kako are able to move up to that first line and make a little bit of a move in this next season. Maybe they they like what they're seeing and they don't go for Eichel at all, right? So... I don't know. Well, we'll, that is a good we'll point. See. 
that it is like they had enough high-end guys that they kind of tried to fit in Kako and Lafreniere in like second, third line roles. And I mean, Lafreniere did decently well by the end of the season playing higher up the, the lineup. So maybe you're looking at a guy like Buchnevich and thinking, well, I can't play this guy on the third line, um, but he is kind of filling a spot that ideally you want Laffy or Kako to, to be filling. So if you can get that contribution from Lafreniere or Kako instead for significantly less money, it's probably not the worst trade. And you do have to think they also bring in Barclay Goudreau on a long-ass deal um, yeah, in that bottom I six, right? About that. Yeah. So you added some grit there. You have one guy to kind of push those younger guys up the lineup. And then maybe you see Buchnevich is kind of being a placeholder in that spot, and you kind of need to get rid of him to give those younger guys that opportunity on the first line or on the second line. Um, so maybe, maybe. And then obviously if they if they can pull out Jack Eichel or, or some such thing, that's that's just a, the cherry on top. If if they were to take if they were to take Eichel, I think they would shorten their window to win uh, significantly because they'd be giving up a lot. Yeah, right? it depends. It would not be. It yeah. would not just be an easy like let's go. Like I think they need to kind of just play it safe. And if they're going to give up a, a lot for Eichel, then they're they're no longer in rebuild at all. No. Even though I know they're kind of they said that they were doing it, and then they kind of transitioned out of that phase. I think they're going to be diving right back into it if things don't work out and they sign Eichel to a long-term deal. You're giving up at least Adam Fox. At least. No. No, I think Adam Fox is untouchable. I mean, the guy just won the Norris Trophy. Yeah, but but when it like if it was a one-for... Like, even if it was just for a one-for-one trade, which this would never happen, Eichel and Fox. No. You're not going to keep Fox. No, but you right? just don't, you don't make that deal if you're the Rangers. Um, well, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. It okay. I so I think you do. <laughs> let's say let's say Zabanajad, Kako, and a first. I think that makes you better, right off the bat. And you might even be overpaying a little bit. You know, you probably could get away with two of those. I or think it. Zibanejad I think it depends first on, a second. on. Yeah, it depends on Jack Eichel's physical state. Yeah, if he's able to thing. play, then it works. Yeah. If he yeah. has to go for surgery, then fucking well, I think that. he definitely has yeah. to go for surgery. But um, is he going to be able to yeah, play maybe. when he comes back? Uh, but I, I kind of agree. I think like the Rangers look good enough. I don't think they necessarily need Eichel. I think they'd be a powerhouse with him if they could get the right deal done. But maybe that's not possible. We don't know. Um, but one more trade here. Well, two more. But one, uh, another big one by uh, Arizona. Um, Sending Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland to Vancouver for Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson, Antoine Roussel, and uh, I guess the ninth overall pick. Um, yeah. And then Arizona kept 12% of Ekman Larson's cap hit. Um, so Arizona loading up on picks, uh, picking up salaries left and right. Uh, to kind of build that up, definitely tanking. Um, Shane Wright, look out, buddy. And uh, <laughs> going the other way, I mean, Connor yeah. Garland and OEL to, to Vancouver. Right off the bat, yep. I loved this. I thought, oh, wow, Jim Benning, 
what are you doing, buddy? Like, that's a decent trade. Connor Garland, great player. OEL hasn't looked great in Arizona, but I think we all kind of think maybe in a different environment on a better team, the guy still has contributions. He's like Duchesne. He's been asking for a trade for the last couple of years. Yeah. They kind of have, he's kind of been fed up with their shit and what's going on with Chica and everything. Like having that like time where, okay, we might, we might be good and everything where Chikrin's, you know, he's newly into it. This is probably his first time around doing it. This is OEL's like second, third time going through this. Yeah. His career's only going to go so long. He doesn't want to stick around for it to just bite him in the ass three, three yeah. years later again. But I, uh, I was showing Colton when we were outside. Just basically, it was Connor Garland talking about getting traded to Vancouver, and he was saying along the lines of, "It's just nice to go somewhere where you're actually wanted," because Arizona wasn't communicating with with him on a, a contract or anything or resigning. So seems like they're just kind of trying to chuck those guys away and yeah. and get them out of the out of the area. So yeah. So but. on the surface, I loved this from Vancouver. You dump three bad bad salaries, um, and you bring in two guys that can both contribute. And I mean, Ekman Larson's salary is not great, but love Connor Garland. Ekman Larson can contribute. That on the surface looks like a good deal, but when you think about it. Beagle, Roussel, and uh, uh, what's his name, Erickson, all have one year left on their deals. So combined, they have a $12 million cap hit. Um, I think Connor Garland, I, I, I think he's value. He, he's a good player, definitely a good part of the deal. But you're still locked in on paying Ekman Larson $7 million a year. That's include, his, his cap hit is 825 12% brings it down to just around seven um, that Vancouver will be paying for the next six years. And you can't tell me that you want to be paying Ekman Larson $6 million, $7 million four years from now, never mind six years from now. So it's like, do you really think that you're going to win this next year? Because that's the only reason that you dump that cap. Otherwise, you just wait one more year and you have all those contracts off your books and you're good to go. Instead, you've traded that for probably better players, but six more years of cap hell with Ekman Larson's contract. Um, so I think on balance, I, I don't like this deal from Vancouver. I think it could work out, but if it does, they're probably still going to hate themselves by the end of the, the Ekman Larson contract. Should have just taken Garland. Yeah, leave well, OEL. In I don't know why. I, I kind of think that OEL is going to work out for them. To be honest, I, for I six years that though, he could, I don't know, man. Like, there's still we're talking about Ekholm, Matthias Ekholm. He's 36 years old. He's still a really good defenseman. There's still guys that are really good later on into their years. So, That's I mean, I I think OEL will be good for Quinn Hughes. To be honest, it'll maybe kind of take yeah. off that that time where he's needs a second to breathe because with the way when I think about these trades, I think about like when I look at the team that I watch all the time, Colton, Makar, uh, me like Shabbat or someone like that. And Mike, I don't really know who's on Florida (laughs) (laughs) defense, but you kind of like, kind of think about it. Like 
all right, is this going to ease the minutes off these younger guys so they can actually have a second to think about what mistake they had, they just made and what they did well in that, that play to kind of get the puck up the ice. So I think it'll be good for them Yeah, to kind of That's a good lessen point. the load on Quinn Hughes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It could turn to shit. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. I mean, so he'll be 36 at the end of this deal. Um, so the, the age of, uh, what's his name? Ekholm is right now. So, I mean, it's possible it'll work out. You never know. And a and lot they, of those, they got strong, a lot of those long, strong sides. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. This a is lot why of those, we need a yeah, holy person. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> holy fuck, dude. Um, but a lot of those long deals, like you end up the last couple of years, not quite getting value on them just because, you know, you, that's, that's what you pay for getting the maybe a little bit of discount at the front end of the deal. Um, but we'll have to see. I mean, I, I think you're probably right. It could could end up being good for Vancouver. Um, I just don't know. I don't know how much I trust Ekman Larson. I mean, maybe he'll turn it around, but I don't think he's been great the last couple of years. Um, no. But, you know, that's possible. It's just because he was in Arizona and didn't want to be there. Yeah. And, you know, it's Arizona. It gives talk to more uh, to more subjects and everything in the future for the pond that yep. we can come Definitely. back and – Definitely. See how they're doing it. Give you a little update and everything. Yeah. Um, the only thing I was going to say was this: that the, the Sedins still work for the Canucks. I'm True. pretty sure. So True. maybe they'll work some Swedish magic like Stevie Y in uh, Detroit. <laughs> yeah, because they seem to just be making another, another super team in Bro. Detroit, just like Tampa Bay. And he'll probably just move on to the next team. Yeah. That's dude. Uh, that's a great transition and, too, because. Wait, maybe this should be a recurring segment, the Stevie Y mind control. Because what the fuck was that Nadelkovic deal? Oh my god, he got fleeced. They left him, they left him open for the expansion draft, and then Stevie Y is like, oh, Seattle didn't take him in the expansion draft? Yeah, I'll have him for $3.50. Like $3.50. Large <laughs> double double from Tim Hortons. <laughs> Dude. I don't know what Carolina was thinking Absolutely. on this one. Yeah. Like, did you guys see the... Yeah. Did you see the interview or like press conference Iserman did where they asked him like what? And he was like, Yeah, I don't really know why they made that deal, but you didn't have to ask them why they <laughs> why they were comfortable with it. It's like I think all of us want to know. Let's oh, ask yeah, Carolina Hurricanes if you're listening to this. What um, the fuck? What the hell, man? What happened? Like, what happened? <laughs> did, we're did trying to stroke? we're trying to root for you to make a trade like that. Yeah, yeah man. Because, like, so he Nadelkovic signed a two year, three and a half million a year deal, or no, two year, three million a year deal in Detroit. Uh, and deal. the trade was. Nedeljkovic for uh, Vegas's third round pick in this draft and the rights uh, to negotiate with Jonathan Bernier. Um, so I guess Mrazek and Reimer are both not signed right now. So Bernier probably ends up signing in Carolina. Maybe a Bernier-Mrazek tandem. I'm not really sure there. But, dude... Was that a combo, Reimer and Bernier, at one point in Toronto? I don't think. Or, I don't know. 
I actually have no idea. I kind of forgot. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I kind of forgot Bernie even played that's in Toronto. Really um, but dude, if you're Carolina, just freaking paid Nadelkovich three and a half million. Like, yeah. what? Dude, Doesn't make it, any it, sense. I, see, and the thing that I was thinking immediately after this was like, okay, why didn't in like, ah, I, I. I don't know. They just there's other guys on the team that are making more money than what Nadelkovich is now making in Detroit. Yeah. That I would have been like, you know what? This guy can go, and then fucking we'll get <laughs> Nadelkovich is going to be the guy for a long time. They just gave away the future of their goaltending for rights. Yeah. Well, and that's rights. You're going to end up probably paying Mrazek or Bernier more than what Nadelkovich was asking for which is 100%. like makes even less sense um even if it's 0.5 of a million more it's like come yeah. on yeah like yeah, also bernier and reimer were teammates for three years so nice nice there you go but yeah um, absolute yeah no yeah i mean please make the playoff <laughs> <laughs> um the one justification i've heard is um nadelkovich they're saying i mean he's 25 years old wasn't an incredible ahl goalie um so they're saying look he played like 28 games this year and was great but did he suddenly become a great goalie or did he get a hit a hot streak at the right time um and so they're like maybe you cash out you parlay that for a third round and jonathan bernier who you kind of know what you're getting from i'm not sure i buy it because 25 seems to be about the age where goalies like end up panning out like yeah yeah it's like yeah the the young goalies that pop off like Demko and Carter Hart are the exception to the rule I mean most goalies yeah. like, don't make win a starting job till they're in their mid-20s so I I hate this from Carolina like god damn it I, I didn't like it and that it's exactly what you're saying um like, with the third rounder, like, just getting Jonathan Bernier, I mean, he was a starter for Detroit this year, and he played decently well for being on a pretty bad team. Detroit didn't yeah. come last. They actually finished in a decent spot. You could see improvement happening and that they were potentially going to be a good team in the future. But the fact that it was a third rounder, like, if you take away Bernier for Nadelkovich, it's just a third rounder seeing that these teams are throwing around second and third rounders in the draft just to move back or move up end spots. It just doesn't seem worth it to me when you could potentially have just, you know, yeah, gained one of those by moving back 10 spots in a draft that you could probably have a lot better of a chance not getting someone like Nadelkovich again. So yeah, exactly. It just didn't really make sense. And I mean, combine this with the second trade Carolina made, trading Jake Bean to Columbus for a second-round pick. Um, this one actually makes way, way less sense to me than the Nadelkovic one. Um, I I don't even know what to say about this. Like, Jake Bean is a legit... Like, this was his rookie season. Jake Bean is a legit NHL defenseman. He showed it this year as a rookie. And you're trading him like one of your good young defenseman prospects for a second round pick. Like, what? It's just cool. It's I just don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I 
you don't really know what to say because it's kind of like one of those slow bleeding effects that hopefully this does. Like, I do like Carolina, man. Yeah. Like, they're fun to watch. Yeah. And to see them kind of, like, drown it, like, you hope to see this isn't the start of something that they kind of do every season if they don't make it to the spot they want to do, that they yeah. just start cutting it off. Because yeah. you can see it happening with some teams like Vegas where they they start to trim stuff off, and then at a certain point where if you trim some off, they haven't cut your own right arm off too, right? So I don't know. It's It sucks. Like, think about it too. Steve was in the taxi squad with Geeky and Jake Bean. Yep. And now both of them are gone, and he's still there. And it's like, man, Geeky and Bean were both playing as well with Steve. So, like, is he next? I, it's just horrible. Yeah. Like, well, and it's the sort of you thing. Getting... Like, they have a lot of people to sign. Like, they've got Paquette. I think Mark Martinuk they have to re-sign. Um, what's his name? Uh, another guy on that fourth line. I forget his name. Um, but McGinn? Brock yeah, McGinn? Brock McGinn. Um, but yeah. you look at those guys and you're like, yeah, those are very good, like bottom six veteran NHL players other than McGinn. Um, but Paquette and Martin have been around, you know what you're going to get from them. Great. But you look at someone like geeky, you look at someone like Jake Bean, although geeky, they didn't really have a cho- choice with, but Jake Bean, you look at that guy and it's like, you might be losing Dougie Hamilton. You have a great decor. This guy is someone that can probably not replace Dougie Hamilton right away but as a good puck-moving defenseman, you can rely on him in your top four. There's absolutely no reason to give up on this kid. Um, And to trade him for a second-round pick, like, I'm pretty sure Bean went in the first round. So it's like you're downgrading. Um, And even in the second round, the odds of you getting a player of Jake Bean's quality, I'd say, is low. Like, you know, not all second-round picks hit. Um, So... It just feels it feels like it's an just, unnecessary trade too. Like, why did you have to do that? Yeah, it, it seems weird in the sense I, I can relate to it. Not all the time because it is kind of miserable. But you develop the talent and then you just kind of trade them off. All right, right. Delkovich, you had in your minors, you drafted him, you produced yeah. him, and then boom, he had a good year and you traded him off. Yeah. Why did you just develop a player of that caliber just to trade them off for an asset that? they're obviously worth more of if you give them another year. Yeah. At yeah. least. So it's weird. Yeah. I mean, you got to hope confusing. you got to hope maybe they bring back Ducky now or maybe they're looking at some other free yeah. agent signings to kind of redeem themselves here, but it's a little bit scary because it's really hard to see the thought process behind why you make those moves. Um so and and I really like I want Carolina to be good. Would love to see obviously Steve get a cup. Um, yeah, and they, they're a fun team to root for, man. Like they're easy to root for, but they, it's like, damn, dude, are you trying to make your team worse? Like shit. Yeah, it's just a just an unnecessary risk. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this could not to, not to extend this any longer this is the last thing i want to say but yeah. maybe this is one of the cases of carolina being bad for a decent amount of time that they are still prone to making that like all right we could still have a down year next year when re- in reality they're probably going to still be one of the better teams this year mm-hmm. so maybe they're still at fault of those old problems that they used to have where yeah. they would think they're good and all that stuff so you, know, you never know. 
Yeah, no, it's true um, that they're kind of stuck in that mindset. Uh, and you got to hope it's not the owner not wanting to spend. That's that's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully the owner yeah. is actually willing to spend the money uh, because you've just got your fan base back. Like, freaking do something with it, you know? Um, but we've got, I mean, we're already at an hour, past an hour, and we still got to talk entry draft. Um, we don't have to don't have to talk too much about this because obviously none of us are, are scouts. Um, so... We're kind of going off what, what people are saying other than the occasional pick here and there. Um, but Owen Power, first overall, going to, uh, to Buffalo. Looks like he'll probably go back to Michigan still. Um, Matty Beniers at two to Seattle. Mason McTavish going to Anaheim. Luke Hughes joining his brother uh, friggin' Shitty Hughes in New Jersey. And <laughs> Kent, Kent Johnson at five to Columbus. <laughs> What's the actual Hughes' name? Fucking God damn it. Luke. No, 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 no. The one that already plays for Jack. 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 Yeah. There it is. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but first of all, four of the top five picks either currently play or are about to play for the Michigan Wolverines. Freaking decent NCAA uh decent program they've got going on there. Holy shit. Creates a lot of hype, man. Yeah, creates a lot of hype. I think there, I think this is going to be the draft where there's a lot of players just because of how it all like played out. There's a lot of NCAA players this year because they actually had kind of a season compared to the WHL, OHL, and everything. Yeah, it was a very big unknown in terms of who's getting drafted. So I think a lot of them will probably go back this year to their Mm -hmm. college teams, except for a few like Matty Benier. Or yeah. whatever, veneers. Ten year, veneers, whatever you say, and a few other players that are needed on their teams now. So, yeah. um, and just with the not to go off too much further, but with the the centers because we were talking about it, we watching it around the fire the one night, and you could just see center, left wing, de- defenseman, center, center, left wing, right wing, defenseman, center, center. There's a lot of centers going in this draft, so. Yeah, maybe it's a gamble on just that they're more valuable and that they can kind of be a better gamble in terms of not seeing how they actually play. So yeah, well, and hey, it's easier to teach a center how to play wing than the other way around, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm pretty hyped. I I really like Beniers or however the hell you say it. Um, yeah, from from what I've read. Beniers. Yeah, well, from what I've read, this guy's an absolute monster. Like, they're saying yeah. this guy probably won't be a first line in the NHL, but he is, like, the epitome of what you want as a second-line center. Like, this guy is going to kick the shit out of whoever he's playing against, has the skill, and works his cock off. So I really like that pick, especially for the Kraken. He'll probably play in the NHL this year. Um, and it's one of those picks where... I think a lot of this draft, you're not looking for a home run. You're looking for a solid NHLer, and I think they definitely hit the mark here. Um, and I mean, I'm excited to see it uh, because I I gotta say I'm not entirely convinced by Owen Power, especially going to Buffalo. He feels like the type of player that were he on a team where he could be protected a little bit, play with like a number one guy, and kind of learn under them could turn into a great player, but I don't see him as the guy that's going to like turn the franchise around and 
be that like number one D man that just makes their team good. So I don't know, man. He reminds me of a, a Nolan Patrick, just kind yeah. of a eh, player going to a going to a team. Yeah, so, well, and yeah, like, we'll have to. He has all the physical attributes to make a really good NHL defenseman, but like I feel like oftentimes scouts value that too highly and then don't look at like, wait, is this guy actually good at hockey? Um, and I not to say that he's bad at hockey, like I'm sure he'll play a long career in the NHL, but it's like first overall, probably not the value that you would get out of first OVs in other years. A defenseman first OV too, so yeah. not the most common either. No, it's true. And that's two that, that uh, Buffalo's got with, between him and Dalene. So hopefully they can yeah. put something yeah. together there. For Dalene's sake, man, I feel bad for that kid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was going to say, because Dalene ain't doing shit. Yeah, man. I wonder if... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was... That's good. You, all you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say... It's been a couple years since the first overall pick has been like a game changer in the NHL. So I'm wondering if this is going to be the year that breaks it or if... I think uh, Aaron Ekblad was probably the last one that was actually decent. Yeah. Was he after yeah. McDavid? Yeah. Well, like defenseman. I oh, mean, okay, okay. Sorry. I was going to say, hmm. <laughs> talking like, I'm, I'm talking yeah. like first overall, like very first pick. Ekblad like, was first OB. Yeah. yeah. There's been... Other than like McDavid, I mean, you know. Yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering who's going to be the guy that breaks that, like comes into the league and he doesn't need to have an exceptional season, but fits into the NHL like seamlessly. You know what yeah. I mean? Because there's been be, guys uh, that have gone like second, third, fourth, fifth that have, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, sometimes it's hard to hit with that first. If I had to put money on yeah. it, I'd say it's going to be bad guy. Yeah, oh yeah. Or Shane Wright. Yeah. Those those kids look like freaking absolute money. Yeah, they look like teen. Yeah. So yeah. Um but one last thing we gotta talk about in the draft is uh the Montreal Canadians coming in with uh a very spicy pick. Uh going with Logan Mayu at thirty first overall. Um now for those of the you those of Jesus Christ. For those of you who don't know, there we go. For those of you who don't know, um, Logan Mayu, I believe he plays for the London Knights, um, spent this past season on loan at a third division Swedish team. Um, I don't know the name of the team, actually. Uh, but basically, okay, SK Lejean <laughs> in Sweden's third division. Um, but he's been charged and uh, convicted of distributing like a, a sexual photo without the consent of the uh the girl um so i think he paid a fine in sweden uh and is i don't know if he had to do community service or if he's in he said he's in therapy but basically last week like the week before the draft he came out and said after all of these all of this came out he was basically like look i'm recusing myself from the draft I don't feel that like being drafted in the NHL is a big deal. I don't feel that I have like represented myself well enough to deserve uh, a chance to be drafted. I ask that I don't be drafted this year and I have a chance to go back to the London Knights and build myself and prove my prove to people and to myself that I uh, am like deserving of uh, of a draft pick in the NHL entry draft. Um, at which point, I mean, I think 
he we've seen like there are a lot of young people I think we saw one in last year's draft um that Arizona drafted and then had to like bail on um that don't handle situations like this all that well uh so I would say all else being equal I would say that Logan has handled this situation relatively maturely uh compared to what we see some other people do um but Montreal went ahead and drafted him anyways um which is I think a bold move. Go ahead, Kurt. Yeah, I think he's I think he's one of those guys where I mean, from my perspective, he's a young kid and everything. Yeah. When I was younger at that age, I've made decisions like not comparable, but I've made decisions that I've regretted, you know, down the line that I've matured and obviously figured it out. He's young, he was seventeen when he did it. I think he wants to actually prove people that he is not like that and that he can mature. So I think he wants to earn people's trust right away. You don't have to kind of love him right now and anything, but yeah. later down the line, hopefully you can show people that that's not him and just yeah. learn from that lesson and, and move on from there. Cause he's a good hockey player. So yeah, you, you don't want to just give up on people like that because they made one bad mistake in my yeah. opinion. No, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Like you gotta he's... give everyone a God. yeah yeah and he's young you know it's uh it's a mistake and he's obviously paid the price for it um and has shown remorse right like remember the arizona kid last year and he like absolutely was like over his head like i know i didn't do anything wrong basically um and in that case it's that's a different story um but this kid is definitely like taken taken the input and been like okay like i need to kind of look at myself and reflect a little bit here um, and I think that's really mature for, for someone 17, 18 years old, right? Um, it's easy It's easy for kids that age to not do that. Um, I think it reflects more poorly on the Canadians organization, especially as he's asked not to get drafted. Like, I think it was in a press conference. Um, a reporter asked, I, I don't know who it was. It was like the head of scouting. Um, they asked yeah. what, uh, like he said this, that he doesn't, uh, deserve to be drafted why do you disagree with that um, and it was followed by about 40 seconds of silence because the guy the guy had nothing like and it's a good question right so I assume Malu will be playing in the OHL again this next year there's no way he's gonna gonna sign a pro deal quite yet um, but just kind of a weird decision from from the Canadians organization here especially after such a great year you know kind of tarnishing the 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 look a little bit with that one, but I, I agree with you, Kurt, that you got to like the, the, the guy's entire life and career can't be defined by one mistake made when he's 17. Um, so yeah. I, I, I believe in him getting, getting his chance. It's just a little bit weird to me to, to draft him in that situation. Cause like, you don't very often see someone That's ask cool. to not get drafted. Yeah. That was the weirder part about it. Yeah. Is 100%. how they did it. And especially being in the first round too. Yeah. Like and people were talking about doing the second round, mm-hmm. which I can understand why Montreal would want to jump up and just use theirs because it's almost basically a second round pick. Yeah. Um, but obviously they're the ones that did it still. So yeah, you can talk about doing it and then it never happens, but they're actually pulled the trigger on the situation. Yeah. Well, and it's weird too. Cause he said like they didn't get in contact with him or anything like, he wasn't expecting to get drafted. Um, 
So it's like kind of out of the blue from them. Maybe they thought someone else would take him before 31. I'm not sure. Um, but I think that's that's unfortunately one of the bigger stories out of the draft, um, which, you know, it's not, not the most fun to talk about, but it's worth a, worth a mention. It was also like a... A lot of a lot of family drafts uh, yeah. this Similar. year, which, yeah. which was awesome. Like um, we saw, it started with the whole Hughes brothers, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, later down the line, um, Kirby, yeah, Kirby Docks, son, Doc. yeah, Shane Doan's son, dude, um, Ottawa's pick, Tyler Boucher is dad, yeah, analyst, McCarr, um, Kale McCarr's McCarr. brother, yeah, McCarr's yeah. brother. Um, we we were just like kind of in and out of the draft this year, just watching it. Oh, and the flurries too on Seattle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think they're related so, though, are they? I'm almost like ninety percent sure they are. True. I don't uh, know. I honestly, have no clue. Because I saw, I think I saw them talking about it. Oh yeah, it's so sweet to be arms. Oh, okay, stop. I was like, all right. And here's here's the uh, real question. Tampa Bay coming in with the last pick of the draft, 224 overall. Uh, Nico Hootenen, right winger. Um, how many points is he putting up in the NHL? I'm going with 120. Hootenen? Hootenen Holleran. Hootenen, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying... Fuck <laughs> you, Colton. <laughs> <laughs> dude there was a guy that went in the, I, the yeah the first yeah the first or second second round his name was cameron or something why not like w-h-y-n-o-t in the i was like oh that's an interesting last name but yeah <laughs> i got him right so i'm trying to find him hilarious yeah it's yeah I, i'm not sure where exactly he went but the fact that it said why not i was just awesome <laughs> what are we thinking guys that that uh that's probably that's probably good for the epi I'm thinking yeah we yeah we're up there we're stuff. hitting uh, uh close to an hour and a half so um this might like, be one of the last good hockey talks we have in a while before it gets in truly into silly season yeah yeah we start talking about how my slices and uh oh my God. how shittered i was on the, the last 18 <laughs> uh, don't even get I'm started. Golf the league, so. boys yeah, I mean, we'll get into it probably next week, but I shot yeah, my yeah. career low 89 last Wednesday, so yeah. fired up about right. that. Drove a green for the yeah, first time ever. Yeah. Let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. Let's yeah. Go. <laughs> so, so you said previously, let the fin begin, baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. If you're still listening, we appreciate you a lot. Uh, Go follow us on our socials. We'll have all of them in the description of the podcast. If you're not subscribed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, please go ahead and do so if you haven't already. And, uh, yeah, and, um, yeah, this has been a big episode, so if you made it this far, holy shit, you're a trooper. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, you're deserving of the next prize that we do. Yeah, on our... uh, of our next giveaway that we will do um, very much in the near future. So uh, <laughs> everybody keep listening, keep tuning in, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed the episode. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you guys uh, next weekend. So uh, from all of us here at the pond, peace.
Pepe. Peace. What up?